Hi, this is Cameron. And I'm Jorge Luis. Today we have Celeste Bundy and Lee Plumley on the podcast. Let's hear their stories and let's start now. Hopecast. Learning about the life and mission of education equals hope. Welcome to the Education Equals Hope Hopecast. I'm Cameron Graham Vivanco. And I am Jorge Luis Rodriguez. I'm the co-founder of Equals H and the director of the program here in Ecuador. And I am the coordinator of teams and training for Equals H in Ecuador as well. Education Equals Hope exists to provide for the education of those in desperate and difficult situations. Yes, Cameron. And the purpose for this podcast is to keep you, our dear listeners, supporters, and friends all over the world informed as to what is happening with the ministry here in Ecuador. Because we couldn't and we can't do any of this without you. And what is happening in Ecuador these days is team <laughs> after team after team after team, which has just been a gift and so wonderful. We um, have our February vision team here currently. It's the fourth team that we've had since um, the 10th of January. And I just, I'm in my happy place. I like it when people come and I like it when um, we get to share what God is doing here. But to help us unpack all that's happening today, we have two special guests with us. First special guest who's right beside me. Could you please introduce yourself? Buenos dias. Oh, wow. You're so bilingual. (laughs) Good morning. Um, My name is Celeste Bundy, and I'm the executive director of Education Equals Hope, and it's great to be back on the podcast. It's great to have you back, and we're going to do a whole episode with you to hear all the international updates, but that will will be coming a little bit later. Um, And... Uh, Esquire. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> um, Lee Plumley, hello, and welcome to the Hopecast. Buenos dias. It's great to be here. I, uh, I'm Lee Plumley. I'm from Greenville, South Carolina. I'm an attorney, and this is my second vision team experience, mm-hmm. and I love it here, and so I'm grateful to be back. We are thrilled thrilled to have you. You're also slightly entertaining, so that's really fun to have around, around as well. <laughs> I'll do my best. <laughs> Um, so our first question, well, what, what's your story? First, tell, tell us a little bit about you besides the, the basics of Greenville um, and being an attorney and all the really fun. I'm going to really behave myself now. Could you please um, share a little bit more about who you are and how you got connected to Equals H? Okay. Well, um, <clears throat> I was born and raised, excuse me, <clears throat> in Greenville, South Carolina, and I lived in a pretty provincial community. My maternal grandparents lived next door to me and my maternal great-grandmother lived with them and my grandfather's mother lived next door to them and my grandmother's brother and sister lived next door to them and so you had to go five houses in each direction to get past my family so (laughs) I never got away with anything when I was a kid but um, all the family and everybody in our community went to the same church it was a Southern Baptist church and um, it was I was raised in the church and always attended, was very active, active in youth programs, um, active uh, really until I went to college. And uh, then in my my personal journey, I fell away from the church for a while in my 20s. I lived abroad after college in Spain, in Valencia, Spain, taught English there for a year, and uh, then went to law school and went back to Greenland practice where I've been since and, and married to a wonderful, beautiful woman named Lavinia who's a lot smarter than I am, um, and I uh, have two beautiful children who are both attorneys, one of whom practices with me. 
and one of whom is clerking for a federal bankruptcy judge. But Lavinia and I, when we married <clears throat> in 1991, neither of us were attending church regularly. We were both raised Baptist, and we visited about every church in the world, and we came to St. James Episcopal Church and had never been to an Episcopal church, so we had no idea what was going on. <laughs> um, that These crazy people are like standing and kneeling and reading <laughs> stuff out of a book, and I don't know what it means. But there were a, there was a couple there, and they Bill and Peggy Pilu, who both are deceased mm-hmm. now, and uh, they welcomed us when we got to the door. They took us to our seats. We sat with them. They showed us what to do. They told us what to do. They invited us back the next week. The next week we came back, and there was another couple named Sid and Elaine Payne, who now also are both deceased, and mm-hmm. they took us to their seats and showed us what to do. And I told them after the second visit, I don't care how these people worship. Mm-hmm. You know, I want some of what they have. And it's a wonderful, wonderful family. Um, so anyway, in at St. James, one day, this cute, perky, young, then young <laughs> woman. <Ouch>. Um, <laughs> that hurt even me. <laughs> I don't even know when that was. When was that? That was I, Tw- 2001. 19- yeah, it was 2001. Um, yeah. So comes to our church and takes the pulpit and tells us about this program. And she's a missionary, which I didn't know Episcopalians had. <laughs> she didn't either. Um, <laughs> and uh, about what was going on with her life in Ecuador. And I don't think you were married then. I was not. No. Mm-hmm. Um, and so anyway, um, and we, t- we spoke with her after the service. Lavinia did actually more than I did. And um, we became interested in that ministry. And so, you know, Lavinia said, well, you want to give some money to help those people? And so we gave some money to help those people. And then Cameron came back, and um, we would see her periodically, and we increased our giving to those people. And so after, you know, 15 years or something of giving to those people, I said, you know, I might want to go meet those people. <laughs> um, and so there were these vision team experiences that were going on. She'd invited me several times, Cameron had, and I'd never been able to go. I wanted to, but wasn't able to. So finally did. 2020, right before the pandemic, I mean, weeks before Mm -hmm. the pandemic, I was here with a group, wonderful group, and um, it was, uh, it's it's not an overstatement to say it is one of the most powerful spiritual experiences that I've ever had. Um, uh, The the people here had something that the people I saw on a daily basis at home do not have. Uh, They lived in great material deprivation, but they lived in great spiritual richness. Mm. And, um, you know, I wanted some of that. And I got some, actually. <laughs> uh, and I put it in my pocket, and I took it back to Greenville. <laughs> well, yeah, we dealt, we dole it out, like, in little packets <laughs> for people to pack with. And, and so, <laughs> and I began good. to do, you know, some work with it there. So anyway, I've talked for a long time, and you guys haven't asked questions. But that's how I came to know E equals H and came here for the first time and got more involved. And we're so happy that you did. Can we please just expand, like, since that moment where you met this little tiny girl sharing (laughs) about her adventures in another country, um, what happened that made you feel connected to what she was proposing and what she was explaining? Because there has to be something that at first we feel inside of us that makes us say, okay, I'll support you. And from that till now that it's been more than 15 years, what have you seen in Equals H that makes you want to be part of it? Um, boy, that's difficult to distill down into a soundbite, but 
you know, I think if I had to describe it, I would say the passion mm -hmm. um, that they exhibited, the Cameron and Roberto, who I'm referring to, that they exhibited uh, when they were with us. I mean, it was obvious that this was something that they lived for and loved for mm -hmm. uh, in the way that Jesus told his disciples we are to love, you know, like someone who's willing to lay down their life for a friend. And that came through. I mean, it was obvious. And we, and we kind of had a personal connection somehow, you know, when we talked. And I'll, again, I'll say it was my wife, really, who was more engaged with, with Cameron than I was. But, um, but that was probably the thing initially. Mm -hmm. But then every time she would come back, you know, she, so she gets married and then there's a child and there's another child, you know. And so they grow. But, and then another child. But, and then. but I think when we started, you know, um, Carmen Bajo was the only ministry site, mm -hmm. right? So there was one ministry site and she'd come back and say, well, now we have three ministry sites. Well, now we have five ministry sites. Well, now, mm -hmm. I'm like, what is going on? I mean, it hadn't been that long, right? Mm -hmm. and I, said, like, I think I may go down and check that out. Um, and so that's what led to my coming here in, in 2020. And I'd wanted to come before. I just wasn't able to. That's really cool. So, Lee, yesterday as we were talking, you mentioned you've seen just a, being here in 2020 and then coming back th literally three years later mm -hmm. um, that you've seen a, a lot of change in the ministry sites from mm -hmm. over those three years. Could you share a little bit about what you mean by that? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, I was, I was sort of prepared from the videos and preparation that you guys do with teams that are going to come for what I was going to see, but I was totally unprepared for what I was going to see mm -hmm. um, when I actually got here. And when I saw the faces and met the people in the various ministry sites, um, particularly when we went to Cristo Libertador um, that, on that trip, we had uh, dinner in the home of a family who had two daughters and two sons. Mm -hmm. uh, and I apologize to the young ladies, and I know their names, but I can't remember them. But Axel was the youngest, mm -hmm. and I think Daniel was the oldest. Boy. And um, they, Axel came and sat in my lap, and we drew pictures and colored, and I talked to his mother about where she worked. And, you know, when, when you give dollars to um, a relief or a development organization, and there are many wonderful ones, and I do support some others, you know, there is a certain feeling that you get that brings fulfillment to you. But man, I tell you, when you see the faces of people who are grateful to you and you experience the love that they have mm -hmm. and can share that with them, um, it really fills, it fills up that part of you that my wife refers to as the soul hole, um, mm -hmm. which is that part of each of us that shaped exactly like Jesus, you know. Wow. And when I came here, I thought that hole was full but I learned that it had a little more space in it, mm. and they filled it up. That's a great metaphor. Um, so I don't know if that answers your question, but that was yeah. my experience. And so I wanted to come back. And what your question specifically was, how is it different? I'm sorry. I started preaching and forgot the question. <laughs> it's okay. <clears throat> um, Preach on. <laughs> but, so some of the ministry sites that we visited this time are the same. Mm -hmm. And I was telling um, Celeste last night that it— I don't know if this is a misperception, but it seems to me that things are better, generally, in those ministry sites than they were 
three years ago, even with the pandemic and everything you had to go through, it seemed to me that things were, overall, they just seemed a little more hopeful and a little better. And you know, I asked her if that was a misperception, and she said, no, I think you're right. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's wonderful to see you know, the ministry develop and to see people. I saw Axel. Yeah. Um, yeah, when we were here. He had no idea who I was. Um, I prayed for him every day since 2020, and he has no idea who I am, but that's okay. Um, I'm not that important, I guess, but um, but it was great to see them. He's, he's older, and he's, you know, better educated, and he's more assertive and confident, and and there are others that, you know, I saw sort of the same thing. Well, and I think, too, maybe Axel didn't express his knowing of you, but... Um, but there's definitely a camaraderie there. You know, when you, it's, it's the, the smiles that I see on your face and I sit, saw on Axel's face when you guys got to see one another. There is this recognition that's so powerful. So thank you for praying for him and for supporting him and Cristo Lurador and our work here. Oh, it's a privilege. Um, and it's really fun to, to hear that, Lee, and the fact that we know, and, and people who've listened to the Hopecast over these years um, have know, know how very hard the pandemic was here. And there's such excitement to come back together. I think that's part of the, the joy. But it is a deeper thing, and we've talked about this on here before, but um, because E-Wells-H does development work, and then we pivoted to relief work, right. and now we've pivoted back to development work. Um, but the fact that we didn't walk away in the middle of the relief work. I've had many conversations with people who are like, you're still here. You're st- in the midst of the pandemic and post-pandemic, you're still here. You're, you're really with us. Um, and I was given permission by multiple ministry sites um, in the first part of the pandemic to walk away. Like, hey, we know it's hard. We know yeah. it's hard. We don't, like, it's fine. Um, and it wasn't that direct and it wasn't that open, but I remember asking Jorge de Luis and my husband, like, am I missing something? Like, are we getting kicked out? <laughs> like, <laughs> do not, they not want us here? Are we supposed to give up? And, and we didn't know we were supposed the, to give up. the response that, that helped me translate that was, no, that's just the expectation that when the going gets rough, people disappear. And, and happily, because of people like you, because of people like Lavinia, because of the people that are listening to this podcast, because of those who are part of this family, who take that family seriously, that it really is that concept of family that, yeah, the going got rough, but we're still going to be here because that's what we said we were going to do. And that's who God has created us to be in that relationship. I just want to personally thank you on air out loud. <laughs> oh my. Just in front of our millions of listeners. Millions of Hopecast listeners out in the world or or the 47 that currently, <laughs> that currently download. Um, just thank you because it's the faithfulness of people like you and Lavinia that enable us to be the faithful witness here. Um, Chip talks about um, how this was Cameron's little dream, and I get mad at him. I'm like, no, it wasn't my little dream. It's our little dream. It's we're in it together because no one person can can do this. And it's it's just really fun to have you back and um, yeah. get teased by you. Well, and <laughs> well, thanks. So thanks for your kind words. It's great to be back. I you know that today is is my last day uh, on this trip, and I'm really disappointed that I have to leave uh, today. But I do. I will be back. 
I promise. You um, better. I'm, I'm warning you ahead of time so you can prepare. <laughs> but uh, it's it's a wonderful place. It is one of those for me. You know, in Celtic theology, there's that notion of thin places mm-hmm. that are, mm-hmm. you know, where the the veil between here and there is just gossamer thin. And for me, this is one of those places. Mm-hmm. Um, I have powerful experiences every time I come with the people who are at the ministry sites, but also with the vision teams, you mm-hmm. know, because you form powerful relationships within those two. And we support each other when we leave here. Um, and uh, it's great to see them, particularly, you know, as a person who has been here before with a vision team and coming with a team that has never been here before and kind of seeing them go through that, you know, spiritual learning curve that I went through in my first visit uh, has been really neat. So, What's the takeaway for you this time? What has God showed you about himself or his people? Um, I think what has, you know, the first time I was here, I had sort of a powerful personal experience, but I wasn't quite sure what direction that should take. Mm-hmm. And so I've been in discernment about that since 2020. And I've got some direction there, but not, you know, it hasn't entirely crystallized. But on this visit, I think one of the things, I think the thing, that has been most clear to me is that the church, the big C church, should look like Cristo Liberador. Mm. You know, when when all of Quito looks like Cristo Liberador, the kingdom of heaven will have come to Quito. Mm. Mm-hmm. And when the big C church, you know, Mundial, <laughs> worldwide, looks like the ministry sites here, then... I think the glory of God will have come to the world. I think Christ will have come in glory. And I don't mean for this to be a theological discussion, and I don't know what the second advent looks like, but I do know that the people in that parish are transformed and transformative. And I think that that is something that needs to be infectious and taken back by those of us who experience it. It gives us something we can take back. To bear fruit. Praise God. I like bearing that fruit. I like hearing that. Um, thank you so much. Thanks for being a part of this. Thanks to your Baptist background for being <laughs> really comfortable and <laughs> talking about personal spiritual growth. Um, thank you to you, Lee, and to Lavinia, um, to your kids, to all the people in your lives that make your life possible, that you can be the light and the witness that you are. And thank you for sharing that well, with us. I appreciate you having me. And uh, Lavinia, Happy Valentine's, baby. Be home soon. (laughs) Um, If you would like to be a part of Education World's Hope, if you would like to um, support a child with a micro-scholarship, please go to educationworldshope.org. Find that Donate Now button. There's a drop-down menu. We'd love it if you chose Ecuador, but we're very, very happy for you to choose any place anywhere in the world or just equals H general because um, there is a a give-back program once our – um, it's just amazing. We've talked about that in other episodes. Anyway, all the money that goes into Equals Age um, goes to provide for the education of those in desperate and difficult situations. So thank you for that. Um, if you would like to come down on a vision team, there's an info button there. You can send an email. If you'd like to come down as an intern or bring your own team, you can find that information too. Thanks so much for being with us, and we'll see you next time. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Bye, guys. <laughs> Thanks for listening to our Hopecast. If you want to join the mission or know more about it, please visit our webpage, 
www.educationequalshope.org or check our YouTube channel and Instagram with the same name.